0: You are listening to a Mint Production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Ten years back, SEBI came up with the RIA framework, which led to creation of registered investment advisors. In today's episode of Why Not Mint Money, I'm joined by Tarun Birani, founder of TBNG Capital Advisors, who shares his own journey as an RIA and why managing investment behavior is one of the trickiest part of being an RIA, according to him.
1: Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey.
0: Hi Tarun, welcome to our latest episode. Can you tell us a bit about how your career was like before you became an RIA? so I,
1: I i came from a, a small town called bilwara rajasthan okay and i came for my education in mumbai way back in 97 and uh, first uh, after my graduation did my mba finance worked for almost uh, less than one year uh, i would say one one and a half years in various internship as well as active job in uh, a couple of uh, domestic uh, institutional brokerage houses and uh, I think uh, what I realized was uh, though we call ourselves as doctors, but our behavior is more like a chemist and which actually put me off towards from this industry that uh, always uh, there is a focus towards pushing products, more selling, upselling, all, all this was the focus area. And nowhere the advisory focus was there in the practice. And I'm talking way back in 2003, right? So at that point of time, mutual fund used to be like a very, very new word at that time. And not many clients had uh, mutual funds in their portfolio. So that is where uh, before RIA, uh, then I thought, let me start something. In 2004, I started my own practice uh, under TBNG umbrella and started working with some families friends and families and slowly slowly were building up uh, this practice and though markets were very good in the 2004 to 7 i would say and it was like you you don't have to do any work right everything was happening on an autopilot basis because market was on your side but always uh, the focus was more on the advisory thing asset allocation driven i was always Uh, interested in doing something more around that concept for the clients. then. uh, But uh, our income used to be more distribution driven because that time uh, there was no advisory platform, there was no fee-based model. In 2010, I did my certified financial planning and after doing that planning, my whole perspective about this industry changed dramatically. Though uh, CFP is not a very difficult course to crack in, but I realized... Uh, When I uh, did this uh, exam and everything, uh, the life planning part, the goal planning was, the purpose driven investing part was something uh, which made me uh, very much interested in this profession in a very completely different way. So I started working on making financial plan for a lot of clients and all that in 2010 onwards only. And in 2014, when this uh, RIA license came, I think we started doing applied for this because i genuinely
0: felt that we should work more as a fiduciary than a broker sure sure and uh, also tarun how was the advisory landscape you know before 2013 before the SEBI regulations came into force what kind of advisories were there and uh, you know what was the quality what were the standards back then I
1: would say the focus was more on, on, let's say, single product, Uh, it was never uh, like a very complete multi asset approach was not missing uh, on the overall scenario. And I could see that at that point of time, physical assets like real estate, gold used to be larger part of client portfolio financial assets were not that prominent in the client portfolio Uh, and for the right reason right real estate has dominated from 2004 to 2012-13 so at that point of time i could see that uh, from a financial advisory landscape focus uh, uh, clients uh, never used to give that importance to financial assets that was something i used to feel all the time and Again, uh, and we could see a lot of surprise coming in from client that you have to pay fees for your uh, financial advice. So, this was something which nobody has seen in India, right? So, that was also like a very surprising uh, fact we came across.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, can you tell us about who your first client was and what was the first year of RIA practice for you like?
1: Yeah, so uh, it was a friend, Uh, he was a friend, I I think, with whom I have been uh, working very closely for a long time. And he suddenly told me that, Tarun, why don't you help me manage my assets? And that was like a first first client for us at that point of time, way back when we started. And uh, the first year of practice, I would say, uh, since we were in this profession before also, so we have been doing in 2010 onwards, we started adopting a financial planning approach on an overall basis and we we used to become very selective with the clients, client which has a goal oriented mindset, client which want a focused long term approach towards investing. Those were the clients we started working with, right. So it was not a very uh, different thing, but yes. From a uh, regulatory point of view, I think the first year of practice was uh, different that we had to take a lot of compliance oriented approvals and everything from the client, getting a letter of engagement signed from the client. So the first year of practice was all all those things we were uh, focusing in the start. And I think a lot of systems and process development, a uh, lot of our time went in developing system and process because uh, uh, this com- advisory required different processes compared to our old uh, age old distribution oriented approach. Sure. What has been your proudest moment of serving a client? There have been qu- quite a lot uh, moments, uh, just uh, uh, one, one very big has been uh, uh, a client who came to us at the age 57 okay and at that point of time uh, I realized he lost a very big amount of money into uh, derivatives and uh, futures and options and he felt that uh, he's 57 and though he was a businessman uh, uh, he felt that his financial freedom goal or his retirement uh, he was unsure of and he, he was very much insecure in, about insecure about that so I uh, I think that's where we felt that though he was 57 but he has a cash flow stream, we built up a structure for him, goal focus, we tried building up and slowly slowly from there we started and as we talk we are at 8th or ninth year and we have been able to achieve his financial freedom corpus with a very good balance in debt and equity over a period of time. And whenever we meet, I think uh, he always tells, it is just because of you, I, I I feel so secure about my future now. Uh, uh, and he's he can retire from his business now. I, and I think that gives a very good feeling, if you ask me. Another big moment which came was, there were a, a professional client we have been working with. And we have seen that that client used to have a very intuitive habit of building up assets as soon as he liked something he used to pick up real estate he used to pick up uh, let's say any investment or any uh, stock he would pick up in the portfolio but After that, uh, slowly, slowly we started coaching him behaviorally. Right. I think we started telling him the importance of goal based planning, how uh, we need to work towards a safety, stability as well as aspirational portfolio separately. So aspiration part, let's say if you want to do it in crypto uh, or you want to build up any speculative asset. I think it should be something with high risk high reward right and it can be concentrated but at least your safety and stability you need to have a diversification approach you need to have a goal based approach you can't let that money uh, because your kids future is dependent on that your family future is dependent on that which I think I would say took us almost 10 to 12 quarters to repeatedly explain him that point of time and after that we could see that that client started focusing towards goal based planning and today is safety and stability like his children both his children are studying outside and their education has been completely funded from the corpus and he's 44 but his retirement corpus is more or less there he can retire today also. So I think those were like something which gives me a a, a lot of proud feeling that we have been able to change someone's mindset. And today the family feels much more in control with their finances. One more area where one of my client uh, who is a businessman, and this is a typical problem with businessmen, they don't separate personal and business finances. They always end up mixing that. And I tried building that in their head that, was uh, this is going to create a trouble, though your business may be a high-yield generating business, but tomorrow, let's say, something happens or some volatility comes in the industry you operate in, I think that could be a very big risk which can come and uh, your entire family future could be at stake, which they uh, appreciated and they started planning with me for almost five, six years. And in pandemic time and pre-pandemic, I have seen two of them... Uh, have a a complete shutdown of their business because of this regulatory changes, pandemic and all that. But uh, due to this planning, what has been done six years before, they've been able to sail through this entire bad phase of business. And we have been able to fund their expenses, needs and everything in this bad period. So I could see this planning approach separating personal and business finances. This one single approach has really helped them sail out this entire volatile phase. So, I I think all these families have always keep telling us this is just because of you, our kids
0: are going abroad and all those things. yeah That's quite an interesting, uh, you know, few anecdotes that you shared and how planning can, you know, make a difference uh, and right advice can make a difference. Uh, Moving on, I also wanted to, you know, ask you that were there any episodes or, you know, points in your advisory practice where you made some recommendations in good faith, but you know you came to regret those recommendations at a later point
1: so there has been some instances where uh, uh, some clients we we thought that this will be something very good from their long term future point of view but we realized that uh, they were they wanted more high risk and they wanted they they wanted uh, something uh, different in their portfolio and due to that uh, i think uh, after some point of time, they exited uh, exited from that investment and which has actually turned out wrong for, for them. Uh, we have seen a case wherein at the pandemic time, one of the client, he felt that uh, uh, this is going to be a medical nightmare for the world. And due to that, uh, uh, capital markets should take a very big beating, even after the fall, what we have seen post pandemic and the client exited the entire portfolio, which we worked for almost eight years to develop and though we tried telling clients that uh, we should continue to focus on goal asset allocation because your goals are 10 years away from that but the client went in that short-term mindset and i i think that is something somebody if somebody asked me that has been my pain uh, that i i should be able to uh, convince the client that boss please don't exit but the client was i think maybe his knowledge level or his circle uh, around him was uh, so
0: influential that he did that sure but any kind of examples or episodes where you probably made some recommendation on certain investment uh and that you know you maybe later and it was all in good faith from your point of view but it didn't turn out that well for the client. I think uh, earlier in my distribution days, I think we tried
1: uh, something in direct equity where we thought that uh, since market were doing well, we advised some on direct equity and which uh, I I realized that uh, in direct equity, it, it's like uh, you, you need to watch out these stocks on a routine basis, regular basis, right? And, and for that we have not built that team right so sooner or later we realized that that is not something which we can manage for the client and then the managed portfolio is a better
0: approach Sure. and can you take us through the growth of your practice over the years how it has evolved how your practice has grown
1: so i remember in 2014 we were advising uh, uh i think we have been growing at uh, Thirty to 35 30% average annual growth rate that is how we have been growing and we were a team of uh, very small team and as we talk we are close to 15 people right so that uh, we we geographically we expanded to bangalore as well as orangabad and i would say uh, i i realize that though uh, online as a platform is evolving and changing but still i feel you need to be closer to our client and uh, that 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 is where uh, we felt a need to develop the practice outside mumbai also yeah and uh, yeah i think we were advising uh, managing almost 70 crores and today we are uh, managing 400 crores right. so that is a change from 2004
0: to, till today right when you mean growth of 30 35 percent CAGR, you mean aua aua terms right asset terms
1: yeah yeah asset what
0: we have been managing is approximately it should be around 30 percent yeah and do you put into practice uh, what you advise to other clients when it comes to your own investment? And how do you do that?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a uh, difficult one because when you manage your own money, you can be emotional about some points. But uh, yeah, uh, I always like I, I don't pick up any insurance product what I advise to my client. Uh, in uh, equities, only I put the money which is available for five year plus of investment debt i keep short term uh, liquidity what i require for short term so i i try to follow all these basics principle
0: what i advise to my clients sure sure and according to you what's the most challenging part of being an advisor
1: yeah, so i think one of the uh, most uh, hardest part is uh, at point of time uh, you have to communicate it uh, effectively to the clients. And at, at like I, I mentioned, right, that in 2020 at the pandemic time, w- when we tried convincing a client, but uh, client did not understood that point uh, well. And at t- time, it could be very frustrating for you, right, that as an advisor, you felt that's the right thing to do. But maybe I was not able to communicate or client was not able to understand that point. Right. So this business is all about behavior management, right? How, how effectively can we manage our clients behavior? And at points, uh, I, I feel that uh, how can we work towards communicating or uh, telling the clients these things uh, in a very effective way? So that's
0: like the most hardest part, if you ask me. Right. And according to you, what is the single most important reform that should come in the SEBI RI rules?
1: So one is uh, we we should uh, not have all these exams, which we have to give from time to time again to get certified and all that. right. So I don't think that's required. That's one very big area. And maybe I I think now the accredited investor uh, uh, thing is also available, which again gives you much more flexibility in terms of uh, clients who understand or who are more sophisticated you can develop. So, I think that is also a good thing which has happened. But I think this exam
0: thing is something which should change. Thanks, Tarun, for joining us today. And uh, I'm sure, you know, especially the points you raised on, you know, how investor behavior is important to manage as an advisor and how that itself can, you know, help investors in building their wealth and corpus and, you know, finally reaching their goals for which they start their investments. Uh, I'm sure this, uh, you know, conversation will help investors also you know, plan better and understand the importance of right advice. So thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you want to reach out to me for any ideas for our next episode, you can DM me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at the rate Jash Kriplani. That is J-A-S-H-K-R-I-P-L-A-N-I. You can also write to us at mintmoney at the rate This was a Mint production brought to you by H.T. Smartcast. H.T. Smartcast.